RC airplane. We'll share tips and tricks on how to build models and talk about successful flights, epic crashes, and everything in between. Visit us at rcplanelab.com to sign up for our email list and to ask us questions. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now here are your hosts, Ron and Tom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Can you believe, Tom, by the way, that uh, this is episode number 40? Four, zero. Four, zero. Yeah. Yeah. I just noticed that when I was uh, starting the file. 40 episodes. We have sat down and done this 40 times. 40. Well, yeah. 30. No, because, yeah, well, the I wives mean, did wanna, it once. Well, that's true. However, we've messed up and had to redo a couple of I was going to say, <laughs> are you counting the ones that we started over from scratch? Uh, I'm not. recording a full one? That was only once or twice, though. I think twice. Twice? And that was computer glitches. Yeah. If I remember it right. It wasn't because we stunk or anything. <laughs> we've never done that. What are no. you talking about? <laughs> We're so. always intriguing and engaging and, and very full of it. Interesting. Oh, we're definitely full of it. But anyway, welcome to the 40th episode. Thank you. 40 times we've, yeah, that's, uh, feels like 100. <laughs> I don't know how to take I'm, that. I'm teasing. Wow. I'm teasing. No, it's hard to believe. It is. Uh, I can't believe that uh, we're still going, honestly. <laughs> I mean, no, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm glad we are, though. I am, too. It's fun. It's been fun. Which reminds me, speaking of are we still going, go over to our website, fill out the listener survey to give us some more show ideas. Yep. That's what we need. Yeah. We need more things to talk about. Yep. Because we're terrible at thinking about it on our own. We really are, but it always seems to come together. It does. Um, I hope. I hope it seems like it does. I mean, to us it does, but I don't know about um, to the people listening. Well, I mean... They're listening. The numbers prove themselves, right? I guess. So... Um, speaking of numbers, I just wanted to remind everybody that uh, if you like what uh, what we're doing, uh, and if it's helped you out in any way, and you want to, you feel like maybe you'd like to help us out, uh, go out there and become a patron. Uh, get out there on Patreon and uh, show us some love. Yeah. Also, I'll just a reminder. Uh, we spoke last episode about that uh, cool aerodynamics. Um, article <laughs> that uh, that one of our listeners sent us. I, I went ahead and put that link out there on the forum so you guys can read that. It's really, really good stuff. And you finally did it. I did. You went over there I and did. you posted something like... And you only had to remind me, what, twice, three times to, I don't to go remember. do it? I, I'll be honest. I forgot about it for a, a couple minutes too. Yeah. But that's okay. But it's on there now. You just... Uh, if you want to search aerodynamics, it'll it'll pop right up and that link is there and it's, it's good stuff. It's yeah, it's a very interesting article. So I agree. Good, so. good read. Let's move on. Well, you want to talk let's, about. Let's uh, move on. <laughs> What'd you oh. get done on the duelist? Uh, no, that's not <laughs> what I wanted to bring up. Um, oh. Nothing. I'm sorry. Like I, I really, I've been doing other things and had not had a chance this week to touch anything on it, and I feel bad saying that because I feel like I've, uh, like I've given up. I mean, you know, like, I, I feel you, but uh, <clears throat> I've got your back this week. Good. I got a lot done on my duelist. Awesome. So, yeah. Um, what did I, you do? I have a nearly complete wing. I, did, I got the ailerons cut and the trailing edge uh, stock cut and glued mm-hmm. on. Um, all the shading, of course, is done. I got the leading edge sanded to shape. Wow. I've got my wingtip blocks assembled, ready for um, shaping. Uh, the only so, thing... Sorry. How did, how did you assemble those? Because I, I still don't know if I want to do that or not. But So I had to laminate a couple of uh, blocks together to get the thickness I needed. Okay. And that's where I'm at. 
I just need to. Oh, so just, I just need to cut those <laughs> to a rough airfoil shape, stick them on the end of the wing, and then I can final sand them. So you just glued a couple sheets together. Blocks, yes. Blocks. Okay. Yeah. But well, I don't you know, feel like you're that far ahead of me then on that part. <laughs> well, you still have more, you know, uh, more work done. I feel like because I still don't have any nacelles. Well, that I'm dragging my feet on that too to keep you behind me. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Because okay. I, I do kind of feel like this is a race at this point. Uh, um, so yeah, your fate is in my hands yeah, okay. because well, I have a I have also a nearly complete tail. Uh, horizontal stab is done. Oh, and that's sheeted, not fair. And the vertical, of course, they're just quarter inch sheet, you know, for the vertical. But that's all cut, and I just need to final sand it to the final shape. Really? Yep. Wow. So did you you stuck with the shape on the on the plans? I did. Oh, yeah, that, I was going to look 70s. I know. Well, that's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're right. I guess I, I shouldn't gonna, say it that I way. I was going to modify it. I was going to, um, if anyone is familiar with a, uh, a Mooney, uh, which is a civilian, um, you know. Uh, I don't know because I've never heard of it. Airplane. Okay. Um, but they have a kind of a unique shaped vertical stabilizer. It actually almost looks like it's forward swept. Uh, it's, and the And the stab is that way too a little bit. Um, really neat looking. I thought maybe I would kind of go that route with the tail on this, on the duels, but uh, in the end, I decided I wanted to go for the classic vintage 70s look. So uh, that's what I did. Well, and that's good because you're following the plans. Right. So you don't want exactly. to deviate too much. Yeah. If you want to see what a Mooney looks like, just type in Mooney, M-O-O-N-E-Y 201. 201? Uh-huh. That's what I'm working on. Let's look it up really quick and you yeah. can talk so, about something else. But it, uh, yeah, I've got, uh, the tail is complete. I'm going to, now that I have the fuselage formers, I'm going to go ahead and start uh, getting the adjusto jig cleaned up. Yes. So I found the picture. It looks like they cut the back end of the airplane off and put it on backwards. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah. It was so very unique to that to is That is odd. Um, but I, I like them. I've actually flown one of those, so back in the flown day. Flown in or flown one? Flown. Oh, really? Well, you know, we. I think I may have mentioned it uh in prior episodes, but I, I have a private pilot license. I haven't flown in years and years and years. So I'm, you know, it'd be like starting out of spec. Um, but yeah, I have, uh, I don't know, 15 or 20 hours logged in a Mooney 201. Really? Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Yep. Look at me learning stuff about you. <laughs> I'm not interesting. So there's nothing to learn about me. Oh, you're interesting. <laughs> so, but Let's... anyway, yeah, that's where I'm at. The duelist is, um, uh, the wing, like I said, is minus the nacelles. Like the retractable landing gear is in, um, the, it's a mounted, uh, I've got the plumbing ready to go in there. I've got the holes, uh, all drilled and the servo mounts are done there. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, I made a lot of progress. Well, you're probably way ahead of me then. Like in all honesty, I still don't have a fuselage started. You have a fuselage started. That, and that you have was, nacelles. that was a quick, easy fuselage yeah, start. Yeah, but you have nacelles too. That's true. I just haven't glued them on yet. Well, they're complete at least. True. I'm so. I'm looking forward to being done with that. I mean, like, not in that way as much as just I yeah. want to see it finished. I mean, I really, really wanted my wing to be complete, like engines, gear, everything in the wing before I moved on to anything else. But, you know. Yeah, that's my fault. I like, that to, really is my I fault. I to get other stuff done. So, well, not really because the nacelles were wait. I was waiting to figure out what I was going to do with the, the doublers on the inside. You know, the plans call for 16th inch plywood, which apparently... It's really hard to come by. Difficult to find, yeah. I don't understand that, but... So are that... I, I noticed you brought something over. Yeah, so I think I'm going to make the doublers out of this stuff right here. It's uh, 16th inch basewood. 
<laughs> Why are you making fun of my wife? Uh, because I knew it would, it would get a <laughs> chuckle out of you. Uh, no, it's basswood, so I figure <laughs> Poor it's, crystal. it's not it's not a laminated wood, really, um, but it is hard. So I figure if I can maybe have you etch at least the outline of the doublers on these, then I can cut them and... If the laser won't cut them, I'm saying. No, I think the laser will cut that. That's pretty thin. Okay. Like it'll do 16th inch ply, no problem. Oh, well, that'll cut this then. Yeah. So. No, anyway. I know you're going up to the, the hobby shop this weekend, though. Are you wanting to try and find that there? Do you want me to hold off? Yeah, let's hold off. Okay. Because <clears throat> if I can, if I can find, I would rather use plywood. Okay. Um, I'll especially since I'm then. going nitro, the vibration and, and the, you know, durability issue. And the dirtiness. And, and the, the dirtiness and the, and the sliminess. The oily, and the oiliness yeah. and the goodness. Um, <laughs> the I would smelliness. rather go. I would rather go with a with a plywood. So okay. Uh, if I can't find any, I'm going to go ahead and leave these here. If I can't okay. find any, I'll just give you the word, and you can cut them at your leisure. Okay. But anyway, I'll, yeah, that's uh, pretty good. Pretty good progress on the duelist. I feel. I feel like. Uh, oh, that's it. That's it. That oh. What do you mean? That's it. Oh, I don't know. I just thought you'd. I don't know. I have a complete tail, sheeted like the structure built and sheeted and everything. Oh, I forgot you were doing that out of that was stick built. Yeah. Okay. I'm following the plan. That's right. Yeah. I'm because, like I said, I think I'm going to need some tail weight, so I'm going to do going my sheet. sheet. Yeah. So, oh, cool. So, which reminds me, I, I think I need you to buy me some three ace uh, balsa when well, you're up make there a too. List. I don't have a pen. I do have a pen. Hold on. <laughs> Go ahead and make a list while we talk to our <laughs> to our uh, listeners. If I don't, I'm going to forget. Yeah. Okay. I do that too. So cool, and that's all. That's all you're going to talk about on that, then, huh? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I have the I have the fuselage formers, and my goal for uh, for my next update is to have. You don't have those. No, I do. I I looked around and I have the the doublers with the holes vertically. How did you get the? I don't remember cutting those. I, you did, because you handed them to me, and I I was looking. I was cleaning off the board, you know, getting ready to to build my tail. I was like. Oh well, I do have formers here. They are. I don't. Remember. Oh, these are. Oh, these are the right ones. Are so, they really? They are. Yeah. I don't remember cutting them for you. Maybe they were an extra set that you cut that you didn't like or something. I don't know. Well, you check those out and make sure they're right, because oh. I I don't oh, know. You did you did make some? I think you did make some updates. Yeah, but the the ones I thought I gave you were the horizontal these are uh, vertical. holes. These are, have vertical holes. Oh, okay. I'll print. I'll print oh, the plan wait, out. I know. You can, now. you did cut those, but then I had to leave you an air tank because we were going to redo the where I put the where I put the pneumatic tank for the uh, retracts. Okay, that's just one though. I mean, like I don't have to redraw all of them. No, just, or recut all of them. We'll figure it out. We will. <laughs> anyway, if you have yeah, them, though, that's my good next news. Update, that... I, I hope to have the adjuster jig cleaned up and ready to go, and have. Uh, at least a fuselage sort of in the in the beginning stages. Kind of like where I am. Yeah. Awesome. That's my goal. And then I w will feel like I am at least where you're at. Well, that means I have to do more. And if you're gone this weekend, that gives me plenty of time. It does. That's awesome. Yep. Stay gone for quite a while. That way I can get more done and, and pass you. Um, yeah. Right. Got it. <laughs> I, will, uh, <clears throat> I will pause on my build so that you can get ahead. I appreciate that. You're I mean, welcome. you've kind of been paused for a long time. So <laughs> I was, <laughs> I had, I, I was, uh, I was the slacker last week. I had no update, but I did have one. And you know, what's funny is at least on my duelist, I spent all day, like today, 
all of one day. Okay. All of one day on it. Uh Um, I did work a little bit on it uh, Saturday, but anyway, it just doesn't, it's like I spend hours on it and it it doesn't look like I spent hours on it. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I get it. Because of all the fiddling that I have to do with mine because of the retracts and the complexity of the build, you know? Well, and that's why, like with mine, well, it might not look like, I mean, like to you, it looks like I've done a lot. Yeah. But to me, it doesn't look like I've done a lot, but I also don't take into consideration all the literally hours upon hours I have in designing and cutting the yeah. material. Like cutting's not long, but actually tracing well, yeah. the plans, you know, and getting and, in the, yeah, getting in the program and drawing yeah. the part and then redrawing the part and, and then realizing that's not going to work. So you got to redraw it again. And well, my problem was following the plan actually, because, you know, mm-hmm. now knowing that things didn't line up right, if I'd known that at the beginning, which I know now for next time, how to actually go through and make everything lined up right. And I won't go through that again, but let me ask you this then. So do you consider this a scratch build or do you consider this a kit build? Like, I can, can I count this as my first scratch build airplane? So I consider this neither of those. This, Why? This is a plans build. We're building an airplane oh, I forgot from about plans. That. I, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, still then, do you consider this a plans build or do you consider this a kit build? No, I consider it a plans build because we, we are still producing our own parts. Even though, you know, even though a laser is, is cutting, you know, some of them, I still feel like we are producing our own parts. So therefore we are building an airplane from plans. See, I don't know about we're not, that. We're not buying, we're not buying the parts. Okay. Well, mm, pre-made. I, but, so, <laughs> so are you and I building this differently then? Maybe you're doing a kit build and I'm doing the plans build then. Since you're I'm, cutting the parts I'm for the me. one doing all the, the, the computer work and the cutting, like the physical Cutting with the laser is done by me. No, I still feel like it's a plans build because I'm okay. I'm I'm finding a source to cut my parts for me because that makes my life easier. Um, but no, I still consider it a plans build because I'm I'm I didn't buy a box of wood and an instruction manual to build this airplane. Okay, I you can know? see that. You know what I'm saying? I bought so, all the wood, right? Yeah. So. And yeah, you've helped me cut most of the pieces, um, but no, I still consider it a plans build. Okay, so a kit build to me is you get a box with instructions, plans, and all the stuff you're going to need to build the airframe in one box, all cut for you, ready to go, or at least all the unique shapes are cut for you, or die cut, and you, you know you open the box and you dump out the parts and you start assembling pieces. It's not, that's not what we're doing here. Okay. I can see that then. And then scratch building, I know we've talked about it before, but I don't remember. You don't consider plans building and scratch building the same. So what are, like, what's a, a scratch build? So a scratch build is is something, you know, you've, you've got an idea in your head of a cool airplane and you just build it. Oh, just like? Just like that. So no plans, no nothing. No plans, no, anything, anything associated with that airplane is completely designed by you. So does that mean completely designed by you without plans? Yep. Or do you consider that if you if you make the plans and build off of that? If you make your own plans and build off of those, then that's, it's still a scratch build because okay. you're not starting with someone else's plans. So have you ever done a scratch build? Yes. <laughs> 
Yes, I have. Okay. What have, so, you, what have you built? Well, I mean, a, a few foamies, which I don't know if you if you count those. But I don't really count. I mean, maybe I should, yeah. but, you know. Right. It's foam. I mean, you're gluing foam. Well, yeah. But well, no, I have, uh, I have, a, I have done um, one that stands out anyway, Scratch Build, um, that was entirely my own back in the 80s. Oh, wait, what was it? It was a Firefox. What, like the internet browser? Seriously, you don't know <laughs> Firefox? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Clint is that a plane? Clint? Oh, is it a movie? Tell me, are you serious? You've never seen the movie Firefox? I've never heard of the movie Firefox. Okay, so it was a Clint Eastwood movie. I mean, the fact that it was a Clint Eastwood movie and you haven't seen it, okay. I can get over that, I guess. But it's an airplane movie. I mean, it's a movie about an airplane. You, you seriously, you've never, you never even heard of it. We're from different generations, buddy. What are you talking about? All right. About? So when this did, movie. When did it come out? Um, Google says 1982. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was one. Okay. And so, like so. So the movie. I'm not gonna, you know, spoiler alert, you know. The good guys the, win. I think the but, spoiler has kind of passed. I mean, yeah, anybody so, that's going to see it so has seen it by the now. premise of the movie is the Russians are, are working on this really super, super um, agile and super techno airplane. And it was called <laughs> a MiG-31 is what it was called in the movie. Okay. Yeah. And um, so that, you know, the, the premise was that uh, Clint Eastwood was, uh, you know, like a retired, you know, Air Force general pilot guy. Uh, got together with CIA and MI6 from the UK, and they conspired to steal this thing from the Russians. And aside from the the plot of the movie, <laughs> sounds right, like a great movie to begin with. <laughs> um, it was actually okay. I mean, it it didn't. I don't think it did really well in the in the theaters. But anyway, the the movie for me wasn't really about what they were doing. For me, it was about the airplane. And it was this cool-looking kind of delta wing canard. Canard is, means it has an elevator in the front, not the back. Um, and so I, you know, watched the movie obviously, and I kind of laid out, you know, drew the airplane on paper, and then sort of scaled it up. And um, now, granted, I was twelve or thirteen years old at the time. So for a twelve or thirteen, in my opinion, for a twelve or thirteen-year-old to sit down and draw an airplane, and then build a balsa model out of it at, at that age. I mean, I think that's pretty cool. That's pretty I impressive. I don't know too many 12, 13-year-olds that would do that sort of thing today. But that was back before they had like TV and stuff in the home, <laughs> right? So you didn't have much else to do. So yeah, I I, uh, I drew up my own plans and uh, built this thing out of balsa and light ply. Uh, it was a ducted fan. It was a twin, actually, ducted fan. Yeah, so I, I borrowed a, a ducted fan unit from our next door neighbor who happened to be the guy that taught me how to fly. I talked about him on our one of our very first episodes. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, convinced my mom and dad to buy a matching fan unit so I could have twin nitro ducted fans on this thing. And uh, yeah, that was my uh, that was my first uh, and most memorable scratch build. So how big was this? I mean, like... It wasn't terribly large, I think. I think if I remember right, I think I tried to scale it such that the wingspan was roughly 48 to 50 inches, I think. Because uh, I was using small, I was using relatively small fan units. Then the length of it would have been pretty good because I just did a quick Google picture and it looks like a, yeah, uh, it was pretty like long. the Blackbird. It looks kind of or like, like the Blackbird. Archangel. Yeah, kind of, but not even close. It has, <laughs> it has the same basic shape. It just doesn't have the two little wings in the front. People on the internet are going to t 
tear you to pieces for that. I hope. <laughs> I hope not, because that that's what they I think. They are not even close. What do you mean they're not close? They're not even close. The the Firefox has a very skinny, narrow um, fuselage, and then the wing, while being somewhat triangular shaped, yes, but it's not rounded like the smooth like the Blackbird. Oh, okay. Well, in my defense, I was just looking at the top down view, and that's what made me think of the the Blackbird. Yeah, still not even close. <laughs> so, so maybe a Concorde. Well, it probably has has more in common. the The Mig and the Concorde probably have more in common than the Mig and the and the Blackbird. Blackbird has smooth, you know, kind of a. While the 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 cockpit, the window was angular, the the nose itself was actually very smooth, and the wings were were kind of rounded and smooth. They didn't have any sharp edges, and the wing, like the real difference, is in the head-on view. Like, uh, so the MiG-31, it had kind of a gull-shaped wing. So the wing, you know, went out and then the, at the tips, it kind of went down, kind of like a, kind of like a Corsair in reverse. Oh, okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I've, I've... Yeah, the Blackbird wing was straight. So, flat. Okay. Well. But anyway. Okay, so yeah. it's the basic triangular shape with a long point coming out of the end. How's that? Okay. Can we go there? Yeah, we'll, we'll agree that that's if we had the to similarity. Pick, if we had to pick any airplane... That it's close to, would that be the closest one you'd pick or not? Either the Blackbird or the Concorde? Actually, I, I would I would probably <laughs> pick the XB-70 Valkyrie. It's probably more in common with that than anything else. Oh, well, if I knew what that looked like, then maybe that's what I would have well, picked maybe too. you should Google it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, it's not like a Blackbird. And uh, so Sorry. fuselage was, you know, we, so the wingspan was, I think, 48 to 50 inches. And, the, and the, yeah, the length of the fuselage, I think, was was. A fair amount longer, if I recall, it was like another ten to twelve inches longer, so sixty inches or so. That's um, that's a good size plane for a yeah, twelve for year a 12 old. Yeah, uh, thir- twelve or thirteen. However, I think it was thirteen actually. Um, but yeah, for for a pretty you know pretty good project for a, a kid of that age. And Expensive so, too. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, mom, I mean, mom and dad really uh, <laughs> really went out on that one for me. Well, and they got it for half price, right? Because they didn't have to buy the other engine. Right. Exactly. So that's, that's nice. Yeah. Um, but like, so what, what goes into building from scratch then? Because you, did you have like a three view set of plans or were you just watching the the, the movie? movie? Yep. So you Um, had your little, your, your, your black and white TV was on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so (laughs) it wasn't a movie that we watched at home. No, really? So it was a movie that I, you know, we watched in theaters because. So you had to go and then like do drawings or something while you were there? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. I think I watched the movie three times. The that's, first That's the, pretty good for three times. The first though. time well, what really so okay. So long I'll try to make a I'll try to make a really long story short. <clears throat> uh I saw the trailer for the movie. Uh, actually I saw the poster for the movie, um, outside the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And it had a picture, you know, kind of a front three quarter view of this airplane. I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you know? And I was fairly new, you know, still to the hobby. So I was like, airplanes are awesome, right? So Well, you're still that way now, though, by the way. So it's true. The age in the hobby doesn't right. change things. No, it didn't. Um, but anyway, so I saw, the, I saw the, the poster for the movie. Instantly hooked. Knew I wanted to either have one or build one of these things myself, just because it was so, it was just so far out looking, you know what, mm-hmm. what I mean? So when I went to see the movie the first time, I actually went with uh, I went with my 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 grandfather, uh, and I took a I took a piece of paper with me and a pencil, and every <laughs> every like shot, 
I mean, like I, I kind of went there. I recall I had like a basic sketch of the airplane based on what I saw on the po movie poster. And I just sort of modified that as I watched the movie the first time. So I can't remember if it was after the first time I saw the movie or the second time I saw the movie. One of those two, I figured out which, you know, about how big I wanted it to be. And all the while I was talking to my neighbor, you know, the RC guy, uh, and I had a lot of help from him. I mean, yes, well, yeah. I, I built the thing or whatever, but I, he, you know, he gave me a lot of input, like where he suggested I put a CG and that's one thing I was going to ask. Sort of that sort of thing. Yeah. After I decided on what scale, you know, roughly what size I wanted to the airplane to be, um, with his advice, um, then I knew how, how much detail I wanted. Like, did I want the wing to actually have that shape or did I want to simplify the airfoil to make it, you know, a little more, uh, likely that it would fly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I did take a few, you know, I mean, it's, it's not a real airplane. So anything I do is going to be, you know, taking a liberty, right? I'm not designing it after a full scale, you know, a real airplane. Yeah. Um, but I made the wing relatively thick uh, airfoil wise. And I, and I think I probably made it a little bit longer wingspan than probably it would have been intended in real life had it been a real airplane. Well, do you um, think it would have flown in real life with the proportions it had on the movie? Given today's computer computers well, and computing power? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, well, I guess, airplanes that are I even guess, stranger looking than it fly. Yeah, and I guess now. even back in the 80s, that's, you know, the the stealth fighter was around in that time. So mm -hmm. that goes back to the 70s. So Right. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, But yeah, I, uh, so after the third time I watched the movie, that was the, that was the time I really focused on the details, you know, what the shape of the canopy looked like, what the shape of the actual, because there's, there's a lot of, um, generalities in the movie. Like they don't present you with a nice, clear frontal <laughs> cockpit view ever in yeah. the movie. So I had to sort of guess at what I thought, you know, it looked like. And if you Google it now, there's all sorts of artists renderings of it. And it looked way cooler than what I came up with as a kid. But, um, yeah, I watched the movie three times and each time I came out of the movie with more details and, uh, yeah, factored that into my design. And I drew the plans by hand. Uh, that I eventually built from, uh, with a yeah, with a pencil and you know straight edge and and a slide rule. Of paper. And, uh, I didn't have a slide rule, but so how did it fly? So or did it fly? It never flew. Oh, okay. Um, it got really really close actually. Yeah. Um, so back then, so this was in another little town here nearby here where I grew up. Uh, we had approval from the airport authority that our club could fly at the airport. Mm -hmm. off of the runways, oh. which was awesome because this Wouldn't thing- Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. This thing being a, you know, a nitro ducted fan, anyone who remembers flying those, you know, back in the seventies and eighties, they eat a lot of runway. Once they're airborne, you get air moving through there, then, you know, they develop the thrust they need, but static on the ground, they don't develop much thrust until they start getting air moving through them as the airplane moves through the air. So that was nice. Huh. Um, so we had roughly 2,800 feet, I think, of runway that we could use. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I was never able to, well, I got it light once. Like I actually, I think it actually came off the ground a little bit. Um, but not a lot, not a lot. And, uh, I think I was running out of runway. So, and like I said, I had a lot of help from, from Mike, his name is Mike. Running out door. of a 2,800 foot runway. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Looking back, I'm pretty sure it was underpowered. 
Like even for a ducted fan, it was it was underpowered. Yeah. Um, and heavy. It was really, really heavy. So I've, I'm afraid that if it had actually gotten airborne, it probably would have snap rolled on takeoff and destroyed it. But it didn't. We never got it to that point. And uh, I think the summer was over by the time I got the project finished and we tried to fly it a couple of times and then, um, you know, back to school and then I couldn't uh, couldn't devote any time to, to flying it or, or trying it. And it sat in our basement for a few years and then finally I, you know, took it and took all the stuff out of it and... I think I finally threw the airframe away because. Oh you know, man, um, that's too bad. But you know that it was a good learning experience. Um, so would you do a scratch build again? I would. Would you? Yeah, we I, I would like to attempt that again. Actually, with with today's uh, electric ductive vans and how much power they make, I'm pretty sure you could build that thing light enough to fly. Well, I think you ought to. Yeah, maybe someday. <laughs> Put that on your list of things. To yeah, do. yeah, because it's such a short list, right? We have so. Nothing. So few things. Nothing's our... coming up. I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> we don't have any plans. Um, but yeah, so I've I've scratch built once, um, and the, and kind of what goes into scratch building is is basically you you start with uh, with an idea, and uh, and you produce everything to include the plan that you eventually build from. So do that's you have... the difference between scratch building and plans building. And I, in I, my I, opinion, that makes sense. That I fully can understand that once you kind of explain it. Do you have any advice for somebody that might be wanting to start their own scratch build? Yeah. Um, don't, uh, you know, don't let, um, don't let what's out there discourage you from designing something new. You know what I mean? Like even, let's say you want to build a P51. I mean, yeah, there's lots of good kits out there. There's lots of good plans out there, but there's nothing out there that says you can't design your own plans even you know for, for all the ones that have been designed already that means somebody is designing it already right so i don't know if that made sense i i think i know what you're but trying to say there's even if there's a hundred of them out now and there's another one that comes out that means somebody Somebody's started designing from scratch it. and yeah, doing it so exactly. you might as well do the same thing on your right, own right um so anyway don't don't be discouraged by what might already be out there and don't be afraid to don't be afraid to try something unique like you know like as a kid, me doing this uh, Firefox thing. Um, you, I mean, if if you can imagine it, you can build it. I mean, so I know that sounds really, really cheesy, but no, that's true. But Balsa is so versatile, you can build almost anything with it. You can build it, but can you make it fly? So what do you think of, like, if you're wanting to get into doing something like that or like that, what do you think of starting more inexpensive and instead of like balsa for ribs for formers and all that, maybe even well, like using foam. Yeah, I mean, so I wouldn't start a scratch build as your very first RC airplane. I mean, let's okay, just grand. let's just let's just start there. Let's at least have a, a basic you know a basic understanding of, of how an RC airplane works by and having, construction by and having how it goes flown together. one at least a few times. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't do a scratch build as your very first RC airplane. But there are some things, you know, like uh you mentioned, you know, starting maybe with foam first. That's a good idea because foam is cheap and you can you can prove a concept pretty quickly nowadays. Like back when I started with the with that scratch build, there I mean foam board was something you put your science fair project on. It was heavy and it was had the <laughs> yeah. really cardboard backing. Yeah. I mean we didn't build airplanes out of foam back then. Now it's so light and cheap. That yeah, you can you can proof a concept pretty quickly with foam. 
Yeah, the cheapness nowadays. is nice. Because yeah. like literally if you do a profile well, the foamy. Speed, the speed at with which you can you can build something out of foam is crazy. Ten minutes. Yeah. Like profile foamies, if you have it done right, you can be built and put together and literally putting the airframe together in ten minutes. Right. So I would start like if you have an idea of an airplane that seems like it'd be pretty cool, build something, you know, smaller than you intend out of you know, than than you intend your eventual project to be and make it out of foam. And and that way you can sort of play around with CG and you can figure out where that thing is going to probably fly the best, yeah. you know, depending on, you know, the shape of the wing and all that sort of stuff. And if you crash a piece of foam, you're out not very much well, compared and, to and a plus balsa. You've, you've learned something and you're yeah. not out, yeah, like you said, you're not out potentially hundreds of dollars of balsa. Yeah. So. That's a good idea. We'll have to do that sometime but maybe. Yeah. yeah. Start, start, <laughs> start small and uh, don't, you know, don't be afraid to try something different. There's lots of there's lots of neat looking airplanes out there in foam that I would love to see made out of balsa and bigger. So a lot of neat foam airplanes that you'd like to see made real. Yep. <laughs> Instead of foam, bring right. it over to balsa. Exactly. Yeah, I got it. You know, come to the the real side of airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Not that we have anything we, against foam airplanes. We have a lot of friends that fly foam, and I have foam airplanes. Well, that's true. I guess I do too. I mean, but. I don't hate them. No. I just prefer no, no, no. balsa. Balsa flies better. I mean... Well, I think so. I do too. And I've flown both, so... You have. Yeah. You ready to move on to an email? Sure. Okay. Let's do it. So we have one I want to cover today. Okay. And this is this is one we kind of covered a little bit before, but I, I want you to get back into it a little bit. Okay. Um, it's a quick one. Okay. Uh, so Kirk says, I really like... Uh, You want me to hold that over here so you can focus on it, old man? No, I'm fine. <laughs> I just, it, I couldn't see because the microphone was in my way. <laughs> I, I can see up here and I can see far away, so okay. I don't need my cheaters. All right. Uh, he says, Kirk says, I really like to listen to your podcast. Can you talk about how to convert a gas engine for a, from a weed eater to an engine for an RC airplane? Thanks. Well, it just Tom, so happens. <laughs> you've done it. That, yeah, I have a little bit of experience with that. Uh, yeah, so basically to convert a, a weed eater or um, well, chainsaw. Let's, let's say a Ryobi engine, okay. 30cc, just for grins and giggles. Okay, for example, a Ryobi 31cc um, 31cc engine, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love it's, that actually, you're... it's actually quite simple. Um, you disassemble everything that's not engine, right? So you take it out of the weed whacker. And you take everything off of the engine that's the not clutch, engine, flywheel, right? the, clutch, yeah. flywheel, flywheel, especially if you're going to convert it to electronic ignition, which I recommend. Um, and then start with um, shaving things off that you know you're not going to need because you want the thing to be as light as possible. So on the case of the Ryobi, it had a really, really big um, metal part of the casting of the crankcase was was part of the, I think it was a magneto mount. It was really big and heavy, so I cut all that off and smoothed it out as best I could. Um, and luckily for me, the Ryobi had a, an actual backplate, a four-bolt a four bolt backplate, kind of like a regular RC engine. Mm -hmm. um, so I just used that to make a plate for the mounting uh, with standoffs. Uh, sometimes you'll get lucky, and some of these uh, gas engines uh, have lugs on the side of the crankcases just like model engines do uh so if you have that then it's just a simple matter of you know buying a mount to fit it or fabricating your own mount or whatever um, but you'll have to figure out how to mount the engine 
so that one, that Royobi one, that is a long engine. It so is. do you need to look? Well, like because it's that's long got, because it's rear exhaust. Well, because the muffler oh, is on the back. Yeah, you're right. So yeah. is there anything you need to look at, or is there anything that makes certain weed eater engines or chainsaw engines better as a candidate for conversion? Like, would you, if you were going to do it again, would you still use an engine like that or not? Because honestly, that is a long, it long is. engine. It is long. Um, I mean, it was what I had. Um, sometimes, sometimes you're, you're limited as to what you have on hand or what you have available to you. Obviously, right, but if, obviously there are ones that make better conversions than others. Uh, and what would you look for then? I, I would look for something that is, that is, um, uh, that is literally an engine mounted into a, you know, a, an implement, right? Okay. So this particular deal was not that case. This engine was sort of overall part of the whole. It was an integral to the to the implement itself. So there was a lot of shaving of pieces that I had to do, like a lot of the like for instance, Poulan. I think I'm saying that right. Poulan. Yeah, uh, chainsaws. They use. And I'm probably going to get it wrong, but I think they use Kyrits, uh engines, uh, which are very high quality uh, German Nikasil liners, blah blah blah. But they're they're separate. They're like an engine that is mounted into an implement, just like you would take an engine and mount it into an airplane. Okay. So they're sort of they sort of lend themselves better to conversions because there's not as much stuff cast into the crankcases. Um, I don't know a lot of of what makes like I don't know a lot of brands. Like which brand makes a better conversion than than the other one? Because I've only converted the one that I did. Well, not necessarily brand, but as much as like a setup. Like that one yeah. has a rear exhaust, right? So would you prefer to look for one that doesn't have a I rear would, exhaust? It depends on the application. Like if okay. you were going to put that engine in a in a sleek, you know, like a fighter style, like Mustang or something like that. Yeah, you'd you'd want an engine just like that because then. The exhaust is behind, and the carburetor, I believe, is is behind. is behind yeah. also. So it's very streamlined. It would fit in that skinny nose really, really well. Oh, okay. Um, and if you're scratch building, uh, you can put that firewall wherever you need it to be, no matter how long the engine is. True. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, it depends on the application as to as to. But generally speaking, I would prefer a side exhaust engine because they, like you said, they're shorter and easier to adapt to airplanes that are already, you know, designed. Yeah, I, th I think if I measured that one, if I remember measuring that one right, from the back of the standoff to the front of the the hub, yeah, it was, what, 14 or 15 yeah, inches? Yeah, crazy It long. was long. Yeah, and if I recall, I think I made the standoffs the bare minimum so that you would not have to drill a hole in the firewall for a carburetor uh, to get air. Like if, like if, oh. like if you mounted it without a hole in the firewall, there would still be enough gap for the carburetor to get air. You know, it could probably shorten the standoff some, maybe not, not much. Oh, from one, it's got a muffler too. Yeah, that's right. It just barely cleared by almost like an eighth inch. I yeah. think is about all it was. Yeah. So, so. but anyway, um, so yeah, start by getting rid of everything that's not engine, um, and then if you're going electronic ignition, which I highly recommend, either. Um, if you're skilled as a machinist or if you have access to a lathe or, and stuff like that, it's not hard to machine your own prop hub, um, which I did. Yeah, and that I, looks very nice. Because I happened to be a machinist at the time. Um, but if you're not, there's a lot, there's several companies out there that provide uh, parts 
already made for popular conversions. And I think the Ryobi 31 was on, I think CH Ignition's made um, adapter parts aftermarket so that you could convert engines like that to oh, okay. electronic ignition. Yeah. Um, but anyway, if you're handy with a lathe and, and metalworking, not hard to do. And then you'll have to sort out how you want to mount the Hall effect sensor. And that's the thing. So you got a, a tiny, tiny magnet in your prop hub. And basically, I just counterboard a little hole and epoxied it right in the hub. And so and is there it, any special place that you put that? No, because you're going to time the engine anyway, and you're going to mount your Hall effect sensor wherever it needs to be so that you get the timing you need. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, okay. Um, I understand now. But uh, but yeah, uh, so on. I think on the Ryobi, I think I had, once I machined the hub, I think I had to file a flat for, a, I think there's a woodruff key, I think, on the crankshaft to hold everything. Because it's not a tapered fit. Okay. It just slides over, I think, a woodruff key. I don't know. Um, at any rate, um, so you'll have to figure out how you're going to mount that Hall effect sensor that picks up that magnet you know, as it, as it rotates underneath it. Um, and I think on the Ryobi, I think I epoxy, JB welded the sensor to a, uh, I think it's a hose clamp <laughs> because the, the crankshaft yeah, snout it is. was square. Right. It's not a tapered snout. So I could get away with just a hose clamp, right? And it made easy timing adjustments that way too. <laughs> um, hey, whatever works, right? Right. So, so yeah, start with a, with an engine that you have access to, get rid of everything that's not engine, uh, figure out what you're going to do for a prop hub and then get yourself an ignition, you know, from either CH ignitions or RCXL. There's quite a few. You can even use a DLE ignition because they all kind of set up the same way, especially yeah. the modern ones. Um, and then you'll have to set the timing. Uh, and to do that, uh, you'll need our tool of the week. It's time for RC Plane Labs tool of the week. A degree wheel. Uh, which was easy enough. For, I made my own. Uh, I think it's about eight inches in diameter. You just basically plot out a big circle, eight inches, and then make your, you know, 360 degree. You'd probably get away with five degree increments, just like a clock, right? And then you got to mark every five degrees and you'll use that to set your timing to 28 degrees before top dead center. And what that is, is you're setting the magnet under the Hall effect sensor at 28 degrees before top dead center. So you basically what you do is you, you get the engine over to where it's exactly top dead center, put your degree wheel on there, put the zero mark on something that you can, that you can reference. I think I made a little piece of wire that stuck out off of one of the head bolts and it would point to the zero on my degree wheel. And then I just backed it up to 28 degrees and that's where I lined up the, the uh, Hall effect sensor under the magnet or over the magnet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, 28 degrees. Easy. Yeah, that's kind of the standard 28 degrees, plus or minus. Some engines run better a couple degrees advanced. Some run better not. It's just, it's something you can tinker with. But 28 degrees, generally that's a good speaking, starting is point. Yep, where we start them. And that's really all there is to it. Um, the carburetor that comes on them is usually a good quality Walbro carburetor, which you don't need to change um, unless it has a primer bulb. And then you might want to get a, you know, either block that off or get a different carburetor that doesn't have the primer bulb. And why is that? Uh, it causes issues, especially I think, I think it's when, when, when you go inverted. So on, on these implements, they're only really designed to be run upright. You know, I guess chainsaws, you can get away with getting them on their side or whatever, but if you get them upside down, something to do with the primer bulb takes away the carburetor's function to pump fuel for some reason. Um, I don't know why that is. Huh. I don't know the, 
the physics of it. Uh, all I know is that a Walbro, I think it's a 532, is a direct bolt-on for almost every other pump or primer bulb equipped primer bulb equipped carburetor. I think it's a 532. Okay. Anyway, we, we get on the forums and, and the other forums. There's lots of information out there. But it's it's easy to do. You can you can convert one of these things if you have all the all the pieces you need pretty pretty cheaply actually. I think uh, not including the purchase price of the of the weed eater which was used. Uh, I think I had about now. Granted, I made my own parts mm-hmm. uh, with the ignition. I think I had about twenty eight bucks <laughs> in that conversion. Well, and that ignition is garbage. It is. So. It is, and it was a cheap. Uh, I think it was a Hobby King ignition, which you know. So when did you do that, by the way? Oh, dear. If I had to guess, I'd say it was probably sometime around 2008. Oh, so... 2008 or 9, maybe. Really not that long ago. Yeah. Like, I mean, for some reason to me, it seems like it would have been like eons, but... Yep. That's not that long. I think there's video of it running on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. Maybe you can find it and post it on the forums or something. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but speaking of that engine, though, so if it's that old, fine, but... You know, we talked last week, I, I might be, uh, or I might find a use for it. Yeah. Which brings me to my next question. Okay. So if, okay, if I use that mm-hmm. and do what I was talking about doing, double sizing oh, the this, elder. the elder, yeah. okay. that's going to take that airplane to a 130 inch wingspan. Huge. Wide. <laughs> we'll say wide. It's a large wingspan, yes. So what denotes a big airplane. Like if we're if we're talking about size on airplanes and stuff, what denotes the size on an airplane? Because technically that's going to be a bigger wingspan would than my scale? yak. I mean, would it be scale? No, because the Elder is not a real airplane. So you can't talk that's about scaling true. a plane if it's not a real airplane. That's true. But I mean, like the wingspan on that will be wider than my yak. Which but was the biggest of our fleet. Right. But that's not a big... Undisputed, I would say. What do you, you mean? So your yak, 122? Six. 126 inches. Wingspan. Yeah. Um, undisputed king of our fleet, size-wise. Not my point. But no, no, no. no fo- follow along. Okay. Um, so if I were to... Let's say the Elder Project was mine. And I built the Elder at 140 inches, let's say. Okay. And I put a 50cc on it. Mm-hmm. Would that then be bigger than your Yak? I think I think that depends on if it's disputed or not, right? Because obviously the wingspan would be bigger. I guess I don't know what you mean by undisputed and disputed. Like if, if, if you just said, oh, yeah, your airplane is bigger, then my airplane's bigger. It's undisputed. Oh. Right? But... That brings us back to what denotes size of airplane. That's a good question. Because I I would not consider that to be a bigger airplane than the Yak. Like, what if, okay, what if I, let's say I wanted to buy a biplane. Okay. And let's say the wingspan of the biplane, it's a biplane, right? Okay. So let's say. I see where we're going. Yeah, let's say the wingspan on the biplane is 115 inches, let's say. That would make it a much bigger airplane. Well, is it though? It's a smaller wingspan than your yak. But the fuselage would be bigger. Because would it? if it's a biplane. They're well, usually, I know. They're usually smaller rather than bigger. No, no, no. I mean if you're so the fuselage would be bigger if the wingspan is that big. True. So But the wingspan is smaller. I know. 
But there's That's two a, wings. But what? How do we Could do that? Could you then double the wingspan, and then it would just be the no. undisputed king, right? So is it fuselage length then? Well, I mean, that, I guess that would more denote like the size of an airplane, right? Well, probably, but like a shorter fuselage would, you know, I'd be able to transport mine, but not yours because yours would be physically too big for me to transport. So then would that then make yours again bigger because the fuselage is longer? Or do we go by engine size? Yeah. What, or do we go by weight? Like if, if the, if my big by my big imaginary biplane weighed 46 pounds and your yak weighs 42 pounds, which one's bigger? Yours has a bigger wingspan, but mine's heavier. You know I, what I mean? I, I, I think I might have to go by weight the more I think about it. Yeah. Or in. What if they use the same engine? They both have 170s, DA 170s. Well, but now let's say then. Mine's a little bit heavier, but yours is bigger wingspan. And longer we, fuselage. But we can't go by weight then, because if it's a longer fuselage and a bigger wingspan, what if you build heavy or just want to throw a one pound weight in there to make just your to airplane say bigger? The <laughs> I mean, that's. Yeah. That's a. Oh, that's going to be one we got to think you know, about there, for a there's while. A, there's potential. I mean, we could get to that point. I mean, we probably ought to sort the rules out now. Okay. Um, so that means, uh, I'm, I'm just saying eventually someday there, we could come to, well, I mean, even with the elder, I mean, the elder project, if it comes to fruition and we build it the way, you know, we're planning on building it, would it be bigger than the yak? I mean, physically wingspan wise. Yeah. All right, guys. But I mean, is it a bigger airplane? So reach out and let us know what you think. Yeah. Cause I don't know how to think on that one. Yeah. I would be interested to see, see some other, some other, um, perspectives because i mean what what truly makes one airplane bigger than the other what if you build hmm here's a good one too okay what if you build a big airplane out of foam yeah if it's just made out of foam does right. that make it not count yes <laughs> no but i mean like seriously I'm like i'm not even willing to talk about that <laughs> okay <laughs> okay, then uh, I put a kibosh on that one. Yeah. I mean, you can do wide wingspans on foam pretty easy, but well, what, I mean, what makes two big? strikes against it, right? It's foam and it's electric. <laughs> oh, Doesn't come count. on. I'll give you half of the strikes. Doesn't count. Okay, so what if you have a big uh, 170cc equivalent electric motor then? It's still electric. Which is awesome. Which is, doesn't count. Ah. Uh, no, we'll have that argument later, but yeah, we got to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I, w I would like to know what our listeners think. Mm -hmm. Like what, uh, in, in, a, in a contest of whose is bigger, <laughs> what parameters makes an airplane bigger than the other? That's, I would be interested in, in knowing. And I guess at this point, the only thing that matters is I don't care how you're, you're choosing, I win. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically you win right now because you have I just the said. undisputed biggest airplane of the fleet. Right. For now. Wingspan. Length. Engine motor. size. Yeah. Weight. Weight. Yeah. I mean, undisputed. I like, I, I don't come close on any <laughs> of those. Now, is it bad though? Like with, with Bob's airplane, that big biplane. Oh, the big yellow one. I, I love that airplane. I do too. But I was very happy, very happy to hear it was a 150. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. No, I understand. That, okay. Oh, but what if it was a 170? Then and let's, that's a okay. big one. Hey, let's, I don't know. Okay, let's say it had a 170. Okay. And let's say it weighed 48 pounds. I'd have to weigh mine again just to be sure. Let's assume but, it weighs 42 pounds. 
then he's got a he he wins. I mean, his wingspan is shorter, but his fuselage is bigger. Yeah. Well, I'm depressed okay. now. Well, but it's got a 150 on it, so you're safe. Okay. <laughs> For now. <laughs> no, actually, we need to talk to him and find out how big that is. Yeah, because I, I also don't... need to get him to fly it. Yeah. Well, or fly it myself. Because I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Flying it. I still want to be there. By the way, I do too. Well, oh, I, flies... I know if you want to fly it, you're going to be there. But yeah. I mean, I want to be there to oh, watch. Oh, I got you. Um, he fly. By the way, we were talking about being comfortable with big airplanes. I don't know if this is show worthy or not. But he also flies that big cap now regularly. Oh, you know the one I flew for him that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's had it out like three or four times now. That's so. a nice airplane too. I love that airplane. Huh? Still, still smaller than yours though. You know, like I've said it before. <laughs> I think that and one's I... a one twenty. I think. Oh, is it that big? Really? I, so. I thought it was one hundred. I could be wrong. You might be right. It's a DA. I know that. Yeah. Do they make a 120? They do make a 120, okay. I think. So they make a 100. I bet it is a 100, actually. Yeah. Either way. But, yeah. No, I, I still would like to have one smaller. Like, I would love to, one of these days, talk you out of your yak. Your My 50 cc Yeah. And I mean, that's... Well, right now, you really don't have anything that uh, that I want. <laughs> I know. I mean, if I'm honest. Well, and it might not have to be a, a trade for another airplane. Thing. Oh, well, okay. You know, I mean, it could just be that, I don't know. Who knows? But Well, I do have I'm just saying, if it goes away. 50cc airplanes. So, yeah. I mean, I could unload one if I. And especially if you get a bigger one. If the right deal. Yeah, why? Well, Whenever this to. day happens. I would have to if get it rid happens. of it because I would have to have some place to, to put said big airplane. Well, then let's let's find a big airplane for you. <laughs> I'm working on it. Actually, no, let's not do that now because I don't have the money for a 50cc. Yeah, I I really don't have the money for a big airplane, but it's one of these days. Oh, it's going to happen to where we're both going to... It's going to have to be a competition. Yeah. Yeah. And perhaps one of these days, both of these airplanes or this airplane and whatever big one you're talking about, too. We'll fly is, together. Well, I was going to say you're going to look small <laughs> compared to oh, whatever gosh. else you come Can you imagine? With. I wouldn't mind having a 50 or a 50% sometime. You know, 14, like, 15, 16 foot wingspan. Even like a big cub. I think that wow. would be fun. What was the one? Hempel. Yeah. That what? was a Hempel cub. Is yeah, that a 50%? Is, yep. And that's 17 foot or something like that? Yeah. I mean, that's just huge. I cannot imagine. But I saw somebody flying one of those once. Just like a big kitten. Mm-hmm. I mean, so docile and just a, a great lazy Sunday flyer. Well, like we always say, the bigger they are, the better they fly, usually. However, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And that is not a good thing. Well, that's true. <laughs> you don't the want... bigger they are, the more expensive they are. You don't want to re-kit it. Not Although, something that big. We've all no, been... It takes a lot of trash bags. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's when you just sweep it up and burn it. <laughs> yeah. Walk away and yep. forget it ever happened. Take what you can out of it and just light it. Sets it on fire right there. <laughs> All yeah, right. Well, that's uh, that's pretty much pretty much all my notes. Yeah, I think that's all I got to uh, to go through this week too. So okay. So just a quick reminder: um, if you guys, once again, not to not to beat a dead horse, but if you like what we do and you <laughs> and you've gotten something out of it, and you want to show us some love, become a patron. Uh, go to go to Patreon and uh, and sign up to to show us some love. And also, I would really like to hear your guys' ideas on what makes an airplane bigger than another one. Yeah, I'm curious on that too. Yeah. So email, write us, do whatever, send yep. us. And have a look know. at that article I posted. It's really, really good. There you yep. go. All right. Well. Knowledge is power.
Just what, saying. What, where did that come from? It's also from 80s, I think. Schoolhouse Rock. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. All I've, right, I'm done. I've, I've heard of that, but I've never seen it. Google it. <laughs> you and Google, my goodness. All right, well, I'm finished. Right. Anything Thanks for else? listening, everyone. All right, have a good night. All right, good night. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.